Welcome to the Middle East Report Special Edition. I'm John Riley. The Middle East, that's one part of the world that we need to pay attention to, especially the country of Israel. And each week, I try to help you understand what's happening in that region through a biblical lens. Security threats, archaeological discoveries, biblical prophecy, those are just some of the things that we cover. And the main purpose of the Middle East Report Special Edition is to encourage you to read, study, and apply the Word of God. And the very best way for you to do that is to connect with the people, places, and geography of what we read in God's Word. And we're going to do that today. We're going to talk about a lot of things happening in Israel and, of course, that ongoing war. And I've got my good friend Jason Comas with me today. Jason is on staff with Behold Israel. Jason, thank you for joining us for the Middle East Report Special Edition. Tell us what Behold Israel is. Hey, John, thanks for having me. Welcome to all of our guests today. Yes, uh, Behold Israel is an international Bible teaching ministry. Uh, We're a registered nonprofit here uh, since 2014. And what we do is we teach on the times, the seasons, so people can find faith, love, and the hope of salvation. Uh, Really, if I were to give three pillars to our ministry, it's teaching, tours, and media. Uh, And the ministry was initially founded uh, with tours. Well, you have a lot going on with Behold Israel. There is free biblical teaching on the website from Amir Sarfati. Amir Sarfati is a native Israeli. Uh, He founded Behold Israel. So you've got teachings on the website, not just from Amir, but from other teachers as well with Behold Israel. You guys do tours. And of course, something huge that you guys do is keep everybody informed of what's happening in Israel with real-time updates, unbiased news that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Yeah, and that's the media pillar of Behold Israel is a huge motivation for what we do is trying to set the record straight, for lack of a better term, uh, concerning concerning Israel on a global scale and the world's perception of Israel and the Jews. And why would it matter to us? Well, first of all, maybe you should just think back about 75 years and Matt, and then you'd understand if, uh, as to why it's important to have a correct understanding of the Jewish people and what they've been through. But beyond that, the modern state of Israel, you know, Amir Tsarfati is an Israeli. He lives in Israel and he's passionate about all that Israel has to offer the world because the world seems to, there's this deception. There's this global deception that Israel is, you hear the word occupation in connection with the people of uh, the Arabs in Gaza and the West Bank. And it really, it seems to be that when Israel comes up in the media, it's often in a condescending manner. I mean, we're talking about a nation that is the size of New Jersey, offers so much good to the world, yet it's condemned in the UN vastly more than any other nation in the world. And I mean, think of some of the corrupt nations out there in Africa. Think of of Iran, the world's number one sponsor of terror. And it's this little Jewish nation that is condemned more than any other country in the world. And we're passionate about showing that that could be, there's absolutely no grounds for that. Talking to Jason Comis with Behold Israel, please check out their ministry, beholdisrael.org, beholdisrael.org. Jason, October 7th is something that will change uh, Israel and the people of Israel forever. It was literally a second Holocaust for the Jewish people. We've been hearing about this, of course, in the news, ongoing war that's going on in Israel. And something that I thought about when that happened is all of the demons in hell seem to have been released on the Jewish people. And then I thought, is there really some kind of, you know, satanic plot against the Jewish people? And I know you do a lot of teaching on that subject. And is there some kind of uh, plot against the Jewish people? 
Yeah, what was manifested before the world's eyes just a couple of weeks ago is something, it's a, it's a demonic issue that's been around since the garden. What garden? The Garden of Eden. This hatred for Israel that was manifested on October 7th is something that stems back thousands of years. You know, and ultimately, everything, the, the death, the atrocities we see in this world, it's, sometimes it's hard to accept, especially for the unbeliever who doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. But even for believers, sometimes it's easily forgotten that what we see in this world is a manifestation of what's taking place in the unseen realm. And that's what we saw on October 7th. This wasn't just evolution. This wasn't just survival of the fittest. This is a demonic hatred that inspired these people to wipe away the Jews from the land. When we talk about this hatred, is it the enemy who is just hates the word of God and what God has said about the Jewish people? I mean, where, where's the center of all this? Yeah, so the center of it dates, when I mentioned it, dates back to the garden. What am I talking about? Well, with the fall of man in the garden, when man chose his own way to sin against the Lord, as the Lord issued their consequences to them after confronting the issue, he also condemned the devil disguised as a serpent who tempted them into this. And part of that condemnation was, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and her seed. That's a prophecy. And it's the first prophecy of the Messiah who would one day come to earth, who we know undoubtedly is the person, Jesus Christ, the man and the person of Jesus Christ. But since that condemnation in the garden, assuring the devil of his ultimate destruction, that uh, one day he's going to be dealt with for eternity, from that moment, the devil has taken that prof- that promise, that prophecy, and he's acted in opposition to it. Why? Why invest the time into acting into opposition of God? Well, he knows the power of the creator. Even in his pride, he understands that he's a created being, but he knows that God means what he says and says what he means. So what's he do? Adam and Eve are driven out of the garden. They have descendants. And what happens once Cain and Abel show up on the scene? Following Cain and Abel, you immediately have murder. One brother kills the other one out of envy because one Abel's sacrifice to God was accepted. Cain's was not. And what do you have? Cain murders his brother. Fast forward, you go to the, why murder though? Why murder? Why not just beat him up in a field? Why? Because Satan knew the promise of the seed. He had to eradicate the seed. You get to Pharaoh. Why not have all of humanity killed off? when you get dealing with the pharaohs, why is it specifically that the pharaohs are inspired in their hearts to eliminate the Hebrew babies, uh, the baby boys, especially? Why is it that they're inspired to eliminate all the Hebrew babies to make sure uh, that they don't have a future? Okay, fast forward and, you know, God preserves them. He keeps a remnant. He preserves the seed. Fast forward to Haman. Haman, uh, under the Persian empire. He's looking to eradicate all the Jews under the empire in one day is what he inspires uh, the, the decree, the king to give a decree for that all the Jews would be eliminated in one day. Ironically, not only did it not happen, but Haman ended up being killed. And ironically, thousands of years later, God would rebirth this nation in one day. Fast forward from Haman and come up to the empires that Daniel saw in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. You had the Babylonians, the Greeks and the uh, the Medos, Medes and the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans. All of them took their shot at the Jews, especially the Greeks. But then you get to the Romans and you have Herod. 
Why is it that Herod is pursuing the death of this promised child that's coming and killing off all of the Hebrew baby boys or young, young Hebrew boys in Israel at the time? Well, you have Satan working in the unseen realm, unseen realm, inspiring the elimination of this seed. It's not just anyone in the world. It's the Jews. It's the Hebrews. It was Cain and Abel. It was only a minority to start with. But as the world grew, it was the, Jew, the Hebrews that became the target. Why? To prevent the coming of this seed, the coming of the Messiah. And now today, Messiah has already come. He's accomplished the work through the, his death, burial, and resurrection at the cross. He's ascended. He's at the right hand of the Father. What's with all the Jew hatred today? But guess what the devil also knows? The devil also knows that the promises of God say that the Jewish Messiah is going to return to the Jewish people in the Jewish state. And that is why you have this demonic, unseen realm inspired hatred of the nation of Israel and the Jews today. And by the way, the devil knows if he can also convince the world to take up the same mentality he has an even better chance of accomplishing his goals. And that's why you see this young generation with, they don't even understand why they hate the Jews and why they hate Israel. This is why you see so many nations in the region over there hating Israel. This is why you see in a media that has a huge bias against Israel on a global scale. The devil has deceived the nations. He has deceived the nations. And you mentioned young people, you know, since the October 7th massacre of Jewish people there in Israel, we've seen Young people come to the streets here in our country on college campuses, obviously people who don't know the Word of God, and they are just spewing all of this Jew hatred like I have never seen in my life. And Jason, when you think about it, the entire Jewish population in the world, what is it, like maybe 15, 16 million, if even that— and yet there is so much hatred. It's just, it's demonic, like you said. Yeah, and it's the irony of it is it's a people group that's being hated when they offer so much good to the world. I mean, this tiny little nation is responsible for teaching poverty-stricken countries in Africa how to make better use of their water so they have a better chance of survival. It's Israeli technology that they're taking to the nations to help them better supply uh, resources for their people. We're talking about a small group of people that's won the majority, or a huge percentage, I should say, of uh, Nobel Peace Prizes. They're in prominent places all over the world, and they have been throughout history, where they have offered so much good to the world, yet the world hates them in return. There's no grounds for that. All of this is a manifestation before your eyes of what's taking place in the unseen realm. I mean, let me give you another biblical example. Go back to the book of Daniel. Daniel's praying. He's interceding on behalf of his nation, confessing their sins. They're, They're in captivity in Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar. And the Lord hears him. And he takes his angel Gabriel to send to Daniel to deliver a message to him. And what happens? For several days, Gabriel is unable to get to Daniel. Why? Because he was dealing with the prince of Persia that was a hindrance to him getting to Daniel to deliver a message. And he tells him all this when he finally gets to him. I mean, Michael the archangel had to come to my aid. All of this, all of these things. Why would the prince of Persia, which by the way, That's very interesting because modern-day Persia is Iran, and Iran is the head of the spear. They are spearheading the efforts to eliminate Israel from the face of the earth to this very day. Everyone else is a proxy. But listen, 
This same prince of Persia, does he exist today? It's very likely the same spirit is alive and well of, do not let Israel have a future. And what Daniel experienced, what the angel Gabriel experienced in the unseen realm, we're seeing the manifestation, manifestation of those same things in the unseen realm today. What happened on October 7th was a demonic manifestation once again of a demonic group trying to stamp out the seed of the Jewish people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no one can enter in to their enemy's land and do what these people did to the Jewish people. Listen, the vast majority of the people in Israel who died, I mean, there's several hundred soldiers who have died now, probably between three and 400, but there are approximately 1,400 deaths and counting. At the music festival where you had a bunch of unarmed Israelis, sure, it was a secular music festival, but that doesn't justify anything. It doesn't justify anything. If everyone's created in the image of God, doing what they did to these other humans, they killed approximately 250 unarmed people at a music festival. Then they decided it was as if before they entered the kibbutzes far uh, nearby there, not far from the border with Gaza, it was as if they had a meeting real quick and decided, what's the absolute worst things you could do to another human being? And then they went to those kibbutzes and did that. And for those of you who aren't familiar with what a kibbutz is, I'm sure you've heard of like kibbutz near Oz and these other kibbutz that were attacked during the October 7th massacre. The kibbutz is basically Jewish communal living. They share their resources. They're usually very quiet neighborhoods. They're very uh, peaceful. On our tours, we often take you to one to eat at one and it's very good food. But these are, it's a way they share resources. And uh, these people in a kibbutz are unarmed these are elderly people who often need aid, or these are, you know, uh, your blue collar Israelis who have young children. And when a terrorist group enters into a kibbutz and is burning people alive and beheading children and doing the utmost worst that they can to other hu humans, you've gone from a human level of evil to utter spiritual depravity to a place where you are actually demonically inspired and not just demonically inspired, but demonically possessed. Well, you think about all these things, and this is some heavy stuff that we're talking about here on the Middle East Report special edition. And, you know, you, you have to wonder, what can we do about this? People who love the Jewish people, love the word of God, love the land of Israel. How do we navigate through all this? What practically can we do to counter this demonic thing that's happening here among the Jewish people. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a loaded question because in one respect, and to, to hold it in the highest regard, we have Bible prophecy. The Lord foretold these days. He didn't specifically mention this October 7th massacre, but he absolutely assured us that the future was going to be riddled with hatred towards his people until the Lord fixes it, returns and fixes it all. This is going to be a problem. But on a practical scale, does that mean we do nothing as Christians? Does it mean we do nothing? No, there's actually, because God has told you, you're expected to act on it. What does acting on it look like? And I think that's the heart of your question. First of all, husbands, wives, you're responsible for teaching your family and educating them properly about God's plans for the Jewish people. You're absolutely responsible for it because you've lit, you're, you're witness to it. If you read the word of God, you're witness to it. 
So you have a responsibility. Even the unbelieving world is good, can be good about doing this. Christians have zero excuse. So properly educating our families, teachers, pastors, especially pastors, you have a huge role in properly explaining to your congregation what role Israel plays in the world today, but not just today, past and future as well, because they're a living testimony that God keeps his promises and he remains at work today. And this is the dangers of replacement theology in the church today. You know, we say in America, most churches are either woke or reformed, and both of those are dead towards Israel. One is probably anti-Israel. The other one could care less about Israel. And so both of those are a harm. They're a danger because you're bringing up the next generation, um, basically forcing them to be ignorant about what God is doing through this nation. You know, one of the things that we don't realize is that the Bible came through the Jewish people. Our Messiah came through the Jewish people. The first missionaries were Jews. Right. The disciples were Jewish. And so the early church was Jews. (laughs) That's right. And we forget that. We forget that in... We think that, and Romans 11 talks a lot about this, about not becoming prideful or arrogant for Uh what the Jewish people have done. Yeah, and so Romans 9, 10, and 11, Paul's making this case. People like to cite Romans 9 as just this, this abstract chapter all about God's sovereignty, but it's anything but that. Romans 9 follows Romans 8, last time I checked, and before 8 was chapters 1 through 7. That whole book is Paul making the case. Up until chapter 9, he's making the case that Jew or Gentile, without Christ, you've got nothing. It doesn't matter. You're under the same condemnation. When he gets to Romans 9, he starts it off by telling you his burden is so heavy for his own countrymen, the Jews, that if he could be accursed, he would if it meant their salvation. It means giving up his own eternity with the Lord for the sake of their salvation. So what's he talking about? Yeah, it's about God's sovereign election, but not of individuals and some are destined to hell like some teachers teach. Romans 9 is all about God's sovereign choosing of the nation of Israel, and he mentions how it all began to, that led up to the point they're in. So Romans 9, Israel in the past, elected. Romans 10, Israel in the present, they're rejected because they've rejected the Messiah. Then you get to Romans 11, Israel in the future, they're going to be accepted Yeah, right now they're hardened, but it's temporary and they're going to have a national salvation at the end of the tribulation. And people don't really like to hear this, even Christians sometimes, especially those who hold to replacement theology. And by the way, if you're you're hearing this term replacement theology and you don't know what I'm referring to, it's basically that all of the covenant promises given to Abraham and his descendants have been transferred over to the church. Uh, that is the teaching of replacement theology. The church has replaced Israel in God's plans. So you come to the end of Romans and guess what Paul has to say? He actually advocates, <laughs> he actually advocates, and you could totally see Paul doing this, but he says, yeah, well, and I'm paraphrasing right now, just a reminder that uh, because you're heirs of uh, the spiritual privileges through the Jews, you have a responsibility to minister to them in material things because you've received so much spiritually. Your outlook should actually be to minister to them in material things when there's need. So Paul, after the, long after the church has begun, is making the case that God's still got a plan for Israel. 
and you do well to pay attention to that. We need to pay attention to it. And, you know, you mentioned ministering to the Jewish people mm-hmm. in a material way. I've, I'm connected with an amazing organization, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but I tell people often about Maos Israel. They're an incredible organization right there in the, the heart of Israel. They've been there for decades, and they do a lot of ministering in, in a material way. And I'm telling you as you're listening today, I want to encourage you to connect with them, maosisrael.org, maosisrael.org, because if you're looking for a practical way to bless the the people of Israel, the Jewish people, they need you right now. There's an ongoing war. Uh, So many of them are not working. Uh, There's just a lot happening there in the land, maosisrael.org. So many ways that we can connect with the Jewish people. Well, it's cool to hear you say that because we've had a few different organizations that we've kind of directed people towards, but something that's... Like, and this is practical help, but you want to hear something encouraging at such a dark hour right now is when this all broke out, uh, there's a professor in Israel. His name is Yonatan Duby, and he is a secular, he refers to himself as a secular humanist. Uh, he's not a believer. He's a politically conservative man in Israel. He's a politically conservative professor. He's gone toe to toe with this whole climate change movement, doesn't believe in it but he's a friend of the ministry. He's a friend of Amir specifically. And when this whole thing broke out, he reached out to us and he was just like, guys, I'm so broken. I don't even know what to do. Uh, I've spent the last couple days in the South on one of the kibbutz. And what I've seen is just, I can't even put it into words. And, you know, can you guys do anything to help? Well, we can direct people and so he gave us these resources and I can't remember the name of all of them, but they, we did publish them on Amir's telegram channel. One of them was kibbutz near Oats, how you can give to them. Uh, I actually got a letter from them yesterday, an email just thanking me uh, for my contribution to them uh, as they try to recover moving forward. But here's something that's super encouraging at such a dark hour. And because it seems like everything's riddled with bad news. First of all, we know the full full promises of God for the future. But secondly, here's something practical and tangible you can know is that we have had an opportunity. And if you're a believer and you've invested in Israel during this time, you're actually taking an opportunity to show Jesus, to show them their Messiah through the way you're treating his people right now in Israel by giving to them, by helping meet their needs to recover. Because he gave us these organizations. We shared it with everyone across our platform all over the world. And by the way, if you're a donor to Behold Israel, you're amazing. We love you. We wouldn't be able to do anything we do without you. And we see the generous hearts of Christians and donors because we directed them to the organizations uh, Yonatan shared with us. And the next morning we woke up to messages of just, guys, I'm in tears. I can't even explain to you. So many donations are coming to these organizations. So here we are as Christians around the world, we have an opportunity to show Jesus to unbelieving Jews in Israel, uh, that they're loved, that they're cared for, which is the polar opposite of what they just experienced uh, at a really dark time in their nation. So many ways to help in. As you're listening today to the Middle East Report special edition, I want to encourage you to please visit uh, Behold Israel's website, beholdisrael.org. They have so much to offer. Secondly, I want to encourage you to be very, very careful with who you give to. Now, because of the war in Israel, you are seeing advertisements after advertisements on television. Oh, you know, we need to help out the Jewish people, but you have to be careful and make sure that they are reputable 
godly organizations that are going to use those funds wisely for the Jewish people. And I'm telling you, they need your help. I'm talking about they, the Jewish people there on the ground, the families. They need they need your help. They're out of jobs. I was talking to somebody in Israel not too long ago, Jason, who told mm-hmm. me that even the crops that are supposed to be harvested, yeah. they're having a hard time with that. I'm not too familiar with exactly like the the living situation with things like that. Uh, I can tell you this for sure. Tourism is huge for survival in Israel. It's a huge portion of their economy. There's no tours going to Israel right now and for the foreseeable future because the nation is going to have to recover and mourn even when this finally, the dust settles, whenever that'll be, which if you follow our channel at all, Amir would tell you it could take months, even up to a year because it's so much more difficult than people realize. As John alluded to, you know, you don't have to spend hours upon hours trying to vet these places. You can just do a little bit of digging before you, when you see a link online, do a little digging because believe me, your government is already very good at giving away your money to dark yeah. places. Don't be uh, a culprit right. of that yourself. And so just, you know, do a little research. Um, you could even reach out to them uh, for verification and ask, ask for details if you need it. Those are just the basic things you can do though. But I'm telling you, the way you're ministering to the Jewish people by showing them Jesus through your generosity and love and compassion uh, is something that'll have be of eternal value. I want to encourage you to find out more about the ministry of Behold Israel, founded by native Israeli Amir Servati. And you can go to the website, beholdisrael.org, beholdisrael.org. And we also just want to let you know here, uh, it's so important for you to keep informed about what's happening in that part of the world, and they do that. Behold Israel does that. You can click on their news tab when you go there. Jason, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your insights. And and we know it's a spiritual battle, but we know uh, who wins. Yeah, absolutely. What a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And you're right. We do know who wins, and that's why we act accordingly. We talked a lot about practical things that we can do as believers who love the land of Israel, who love the Jewish people. But here is something else practically that you can do, and that is pray. Now, we hear a lot of people saying, please pray for Israel. But how do we do that? There is a global movement out there that I've been telling everybody about, globalesterfast.com, globalesterfast.com. If you'll go to that website, they give you some awesome ways to pray for the Jewish people. And also, they're encouraging you to fast as well for what is going on there in the land of Israel. We all know, as we have been saying during this edition of the Middle East Report Special Edition, that it is a spiritual battle. It is being fought in the heavenlies. And as people who love the Lord and who believe in prayer, it is up to us to battle in the heavenly places. And you wonder, how can you do that? Well, globalesterfast.com helps you in that way. They give you practical things that you can use to pray for the Jewish people. And I want to encourage you to visit that website, globalesterfast.com. That's globalesterfast.com. It's actually organized by some good friends of mine from the International Christian Embassy, Jerusalem. They are a solid organization. And by the way, speaking of the International Christian Embassy, Jerusalem, they are another great organization that you can connect with. If you want to donate financially and help the families there in Israel, that's another great organization. And you can uh, just Google the International Christian Embassy, Jerusalem. They are doing so much to help the Jewish people. They are solid. And earlier in the show, I mentioned Maos Israel. They are another organization, just in case you missed that. It's maosisrael.org. Maos is spelled M-A-O-Z. 
That's M-A-O-Z, maosisrael.org. And I want to thank you for listening to the Middle East Report Special Edition. Don't forget, you can download a podcast of the show wherever you get your podcast and at AFR.net. Just click on the podcast tab and look for the Middle East Report. Thanks for listening. I'm John Riley.